everybody, Andrew here. And Phil here as well. And before we kick off today's episode of This Is Getting Graphic, we're really excited to feature a really, really funny podcast that is perfect for anybody who genuinely hates censorship. It is a podcast called Band Camp. And it's hosted by the hilarious duo of Jennifer and Dan. And we had a chance recently to speak with Dan, and he's a really great guy. Very funny, very genuine. Uh, awesome, awesome friend of the show now. So the concept of Band Camp is that it's a comedy podcast where they read banned books and try to figure out why they were banned in the first place. This season, they're actually reading through Mark Twain's classic, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, and they are going one chapter at a time out loud. We've listened to a couple of their stuff up to this point. Guys, they are hilarious. They're Dan's commentary as Jen reads through genuinely had me cracking up. I know, it was very good. So, if you think banning books will lead to a not-so-great future, then Banned Camp is the podcast for you. Whether you're like Jen and curious to read the book for the first time, or like Dan and a little too lazy to read it yourself, you'll love Banned Camp. Hey, I relate to Dan even more now. (laughs) (laughs) So, look for Banned Camp, that's banned with two N's, on your favorite podcast player, and subscribe today. Let's all get banned together. And without further ado, let's get into TIG! Uh, hi, hi everyone, and, and welcome to another episode of This Is Getting Graphic. Uh, I'm Andrew Kilpatrick, and I'm one of your hosts for today. And um, I, I, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, there, there will actually be no episode of uh, of This Is Getting Graphic this week because. Um, you see, uh, Phil has been has been taken ill with a with a terrible, terrible, horrible, horrible accident, and so uh, there will there there will there will be no show today. It's uh, it's it really is a tragedy, and uh, we're uh, we're very sorry that uh, that you came all this way and downloaded this episode that I d- uploaded on the internet for nothing. Andrew. Oh damn, he found me. Um. Uh. Oh, Andrew. Uh, hey, buddy. Uh, what's uh, what's going Hi. on? Hi. I see what? you've got the recording equipment set up. What uh, what you working on there, buddy? Uh, stuff. You wouldn't happen to know anything about why my brake line was cut this morning, would you? No, that's a that's a terrible tragedy, and I'm very sorry that that happened to you. Uh, I'm glad and when that the you cops made it out investigated a... that broken line, they found a wired stick of dynamite to my gas tank. You wouldn't happen to know where that came from, would you? No, no, I I never even made that phone call to the Acme Corporation. What are you talking about? Good, good. I figured you wouldn't, cause you're my friend. That's how friends treat each other with trust and kindness. Now, now that I've made it for the episode, what do you say we sit down and get started, shall we? Well, I I think you'll find that that, that might be a little bit difficult because uh, I, uh, I I didn't actually uh, I didn't bring a comic this week, so uh, I, I think it might be a little oh, bit. Oh darn! Dif- yeah. Well, that is a shame. Tell you what, why don't you pop back to your house and uh, see what you can find? Go ahead, try the door. Uh, okay, let me just, uh, um, uh, the door doesn't appear to be, uh, the door doesn't appear to be functioning at the moment. Uh, it appears to be locked. Uh, oh, how interesting. What have you Hello, done? Hello, Andrew. 
I want to play a game. All right, I'll get the bear trap over my head then. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> okay, I think we're good to go. Well, noble spectators and listeners, as you might have guessed, Andrew has not brought a story this week. We are currently in the midst of the Halloween season, my favorite season of the entire year, and we thought it would be a fun little Halloween treat for me to bring a story this time. That's right, everybody! It's a reverse This Is Getting Graphic! God help us all. (laughs) There is no God here. (laughs) (laughs) No, but for real, uh, I I am very excited to see what you've brought to the table this week. It's, uh, It's flipping the script a little bit, and I... Ooh... I was saying off mic here that it was actually a little bit liberating not to have to actually do any research this week. It's true, and it has been a monumental bit of stress on my shoulders making sure I'm doing the correct research this week. (laughs) So, I feel your pain immensely, my friend, and you are about to feel mine. (laughs) So, uh, what have you brought to the table this week? I am glad you asked. As I have stated, we are in the middle of the spooky season, so I feel it would be appropriate to bring something fear-related to our show today, wouldn't you say? That would seem appropriate, yeah. And because I'm the one running the show this week, I have brought something that I am a little more well-versed in, in terms of graphic novels. In this episode, we're dipping our toes into the world of manga. Ooh, mango. You see you see what I mean about me being more well-versed in this? <laughs> uh, just a bit. And because this is our first manga episode, and a horror one at that, I felt it was only appropriate that we look at one of the works from one of the most prolific horror manga mangakas of all time. This week, we are taking a look at one of the works... Of Junji Ito. <gasps> That's right. Creator of such legendary works as Uzumaki. I actually know what that you... is. I was going to say, that's one you're actually familiar with. I know, I actually know what that is. Which is something saying something. Because I am not well versed in manga, so this is... Um... No, no you are not. No. Oh, this is going to be fun. Well... Why should we wait any longer, my friends? Let's go ahead and take a look. Submitted for the approval of the Comic Society. I call this the Junji Ito Special. So, in Andrew's vein of things, we'll start off with a little bit of history from the man himself. Junji Ito was born in the Gifu Prefecture, I believe it is, or Mm -hmm. Province or Prefecture of Japan. He began drawing at the age of four and was influenced by the works of a gentleman named Kazuo Umezu, who has been referred to as sort of the godfather of horror manga in Japan. He is very, very prolific. A lot of his works, he kind of took the genre and uh, expounded upon it and made it bigger and larger than life. He... He got the ball rolling on that genre, is what I'm saying. So so what I'm picturing when you say that he started drawing at, like, four years old is, like, this this little child, a nice little piece of paper in front of him with a pencil, drawing, like, a disemboweled cat or something like that, and his, <laughs> uh, his parents walking up like, Oh, 
That's really nice there, little Junji. Call the therapist. <laughs> We're going to talk to your guidance counselor after school. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining me today, Mr. and Mrs. Ito. Um, yes, we're a bit concerned about Junji. Um, do you see this drawing he made in class? Uh, yes, those are heads. And yes, they are labeled mommy and daddy. Uh, Is there something you want to tell me about your home life? Has he been drawing anything like this uh, at home, perhaps? Was he? Has he been introduced to horror manga? <laughs> I knew we should have bought him that copy of Mummy Teacher by Kazuo Umezu. <laughs> That's actually one of his big influences. He uh, was originally inspired by a lot of the short serial mangas that he would read in magazines, one of which was called Mummy Teacher. By Kazuo Omezu. Okay, that sounds absolutely fascinating, and I would love it. We're not doing that today, I assume, because but that that'd sounds be a amazing. fun cover. <laughs> You'll appreciate this as well. Uh, on top of Kazuo Omezu, other influences in Junji's life ended up being uh, Edogawa Ranpo, who is a very prolific uh, thriller and mystery novelist from Japan. Mm-hmm as well as the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, boy. I hope he didn't include the rampant racism. No, thankfully he did not. (laughs) We can safely say he did that, but I have a feeling he was drawing less, you know, severed heads and disemboweled cats and more like, you know, tentacles erupting out of people's eye sockets and shit like that. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, On the visual side of things, he was influenced again by H.P. Lovecraft, as well as the works of a, a couple, like, miniature, not well-known artists that you might have heard of named H.R. Geiger and Salvador Dali. Yeah, I might have heard of them. I might have written a portion of a thesis that I wrote in school about the works of Salvador Dali. Just a, just a thought. I, may have I was going to say, you might know them, Mr. Art History Minor. I'm also familiar with the works of Geiger uh, since, um, you know, a lot of... Uh, he, he was responsible for a lot of the concept art that led to uh, the, the original Alien film, uh, Ridley Scott's Alien, so... Absolutely, he was. Oh uh, my I would gosh. also like to touch on a small story. Uh, so, as Shinji's career advanced, he a lot of his ideas for his stories that he would write came from things that he would experience in his life. Uh, things that... Um, sort of mundane, creepy stuff that he would be able to expound upon into much bigger horror scenarios. For example, in the house he grew up in after they moved from his the place where he was born, uh, the toilet in the house was at the end of a long underground tunnel. What the fuck? And, and that tunnel was full of spider crickets. What the ever-living shit? Who designed... Okay, I can only... So ima- I think Junji grew up with the Adams family. So I can only imagine that the architect for this place was from Pittsburgh, because um, <laughs> you've heard of the Pittsburgh toilet, I presume, right? I think so. Yeah, for some reason, there are a ton of, like, older structures in the city of Pittsburgh where, um, for some reason, in the basement, there's just a toilet for no good reason. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that tracks. This is doubly funny because Andrew lives in Pittsburgh, so (laughs) get fucked, city you live in. That's what I'm saying here. Like, again, this architect must have been from Pittsburgh, took one look at this kid and was like, well, fuck him. Uh, we're gonna just uh, throw this in the middle of this hallway. If he wants to take a shit, he has to fight the boogeyman. Spooky pooping. 
spooky pooping at the haunted stall. So, and that didn't, uh, that started off as like one of the influences in Junji's life, but other experiences in his life also contributed to that. Uh, For example, when he was in school, one of his classmates actually passed away. And the experience of having someone in his life that he would see all the time suddenly not be there anymore was the inspiration for one of his most famous works, a collection of stories known as Tomie, which is all about a a high school girl that dies in very early on in the story and then suddenly appears in school again as if nothing ever happened. Well, that's not eerie in the slightest, is it? We all went to your funeral and now you're back in your desk. This is weird. Exactly. It's almost like it's a horror story. <laughs> That's just one of Junji's several very well-done long works, like Uzumaki I mentioned earlier. Uh, He has been nominated for and won several Eisner Awards, including one for a manga version he did of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Holy fuck. Oh, I gotta which I have read, and it is fan-freaking-tastic. The gotta... monster in that story is terrifying-looking. I'm genuinely curious about this now. I, got, I gotta find this after we're done here. Yes. Yes, you do, Mr. Classic Novelist. Yes, yeah. you do. Yes. It's really good. Okay, I'll, I'll um, be sure to look that up. That sounds amazing. And a couple of other influences that Junji uh, pulled through from his life was, for example, um, he... He had a dream a while back that would inspire another one of his really famous works called Hanging Balloons, which I believe you may have read. No, I've, I've never heard of that. Oh, I thought you'd heard of that one. That no. might be one we have to talk about later. No, I do not know what this is. That's a good one. That's one of my favorites. But I also love that it's like, how did you think of this really fucked up concept? Nah, it's a dream I had. <laughs> well, I mean, that's where a lot of shit like this comes from. You know what I mean? And uh, another one of his works, one of my personal favorite stories was, uh, one of my personal favorite inspirations, rather, was for his story Slug Girl. He was inspired from it, but he was inspired to write it after looking in his bathroom mirror and moving his tongue around and saying, hey, that kind of looks like a slug. So he wrote a story about a girl whose tongue turns into a slug. I, uh, uh, okay... I guess Keep in mind, that is not the story I chose to talk about today. I guess inspiration can come from the most interesting of places. <laughs> exactly, 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 exactly. Now, Junji Ito is a fan-fucking-tastic writer. But sometimes, his <laughs> concepts can be a bit wild. We'll call it that, which is why it's great that we talk about him on this show. Oh yeah, sure. Um... Another one of his really famous uh, works, uh, long works rather, is a work called Gyo, which is about sharks mechanically getting legs and attacking people on land. Okay, um, so the, the, the thing about this to me now is that you're mentioning this, and I'm guessing that it's not the one that we're doing, but now I have to question why the fuck aren't we doing that? Because it's very, very long. It's a, it's a, it's several, several chapters. I want to talk about Gyo at some point because that's the start of the nuts, the of the craziness in that one. That's the start of the craziness. Is the shark? That's the start. Yeah, but how is Land Shark not the end of the craziness? I mean, even SNL had the good sense to stop it there. Uh, two words, my friend. Well, three words actually. Sentient mustard gas. 
I uh, I rescind my previous statement and um... damn right you do. <laughs> what the fuck? But the thing about Gyo is as wild as that is. He had, I think, like, 12 or so chapters to flesh out that story, and as wacky as the concept is, he got to expound upon it and make it work in a long story format. Junji Ito is also known for writing short manga stories, singular chapter stories, and when that's all you have to work with, those wacky concepts don't get the same amount of fleshing out and really leave you sitting there going, what the actual fuck did I just read? <laughs> there have literally been moments where a story has ended and you stop and go, no, 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 that can't fucking end there. Well, I need to know what that was. Well, hang on. Let, let, let's continue to expound upon this, shall we? Are you really, you're leaving it like that? Okay. All right. Well. No. Next story. This story is about a woman that's made out of an erector set. I... I, that's a real story, again, that I chose not to pick. Okay, um, y- that's just every single, like, um, one of those stories where a nerd builds himself the perfect woman. That's just going <laughs> back to, that's just going back to Pygmalion, so. I need her legs to be longer. <laughs> um, I do have to mention this, too. When it comes to Junji Ito's style, and you'll see this in the story we do talk about, Junji Ito mastered the art of what people have referred to as the page-turn scare. And it's exactly what you think it is. The way he lays out his manga pages is brilliantly done because you'll be on a page and someone will be, like, moving down a dark hallway. Then in the next panel, they reach a door. The next panel, they open that door. And the last panel of the pages, their eyes widen with horror. And it makes you stop and go, holy shit, when I turn this page, there's going to be something nightmarish on this next page. And it ramps the tension up beautifully. Oh my god, she's she's staring through this doorway. She's gone through this doorway. Oh god, I gotta turn this page. Oh no, it's an agent of the Internal Revenue Service! <laughs> He's come to audit her! No! It's just a horde of zombies, but they're all in suits going, Audit! Audit! <laughs> God, God that's horrifying. a fate worse than death. Where are your records from the last five years? No! <laughs> I didn't keep my receipts! And they just eat her. <laughs> Okay, I think we've just uh, I think we've just successfully pitched a horror story here. Right? That feels like something Junji would write, too. <laughs> so, I beat around the bush a bit. So, what do you say we start looking at the story I've actually brought for you today? Let's do it. Let's I'm deeply curious with the things that you didn't pick. So, Oh yeah, I'm just setting this up for future episodes, honestly. I didn't even <laughs> talk about the fly swatter tree. I'm not even going to question that one. Let's go into today's story. <laughs> <laughs> now, Junji Ito has written about a lot of things that people are afraid of. He's written about ghosts. He's written about mannequins coming to life. He's written about mysterious strangers rolling into a town and causing unending chaos and insanity. Yeah, I've seen all those Twilight Zone episodes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Way to call Mr. Ito a hack at the first 20 minutes of this episode. (laughs) Asshole. How does it feel, buddy? How does it feel? (laughs) 
I'll be asking you that in a minute once we start getting into the details of this thing. (laughs) In today's story, Mr. Ito has written about something that I consider a bit more horrifying than all of those things. Because those things you can get away from. But there's one thing that you can never, ever escape. And that is your own mind. And when something nightmarish chooses to strike you from there, you are well and truly damned. A Nightmare on Elm Street, written by Junji Ito. You're closer than you think, my friend. Oh, no. (laughs) Because tonight, we will be talking about Junji Ito's comic entitled Long Dream. Okay, uh, the title intrigues me. Um... What? Are you down to st- are you down to hop into it? Yeah, let's let's do this shit. Alrighty. Without further ado, noble listeners, this is Jinji Ito's Long Dream. So, unlike a lot of the stories that Andrew brings to the table to uh, that Andrew brings to the table, this one does not immediately start off with a title screen. Instead, And there's there's no cover either. Uh, there's a title page, but uh, this this uh, particular story was featured in an anthology book. Oh, I see. So okay. it has its own title page, but the cover features like a collection of all the works together with the title of like like horror ta- the tales of the macabre. I believe it's called by Jinji okay. Ito. Gotcha, gotcha. So on our first page, we see a girl cowering in her bed, begging, begging the forces that would listen. That she is not ready to die. No, I'm not ready. But I've got no time left. I'm going to disappear from this earth. I'm going to cease to exist. This is what happens right before the Excedrin kicks in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's in a good place for it because she's actually laying in a hospital bed in the middle of the night. Oh, And as she cries and wails about her supposed imminent death, we see a dark, shadowy figure make their way down the hospital halls, silhouetted by the fluorescent lights. As she screams out, I don't want to die, I don't wanna, we see the figure drawing closer to her door. We've come to talk to you about your car's extended warranty. Oh god, now I want to die! <laughs> Bring back the IRS guys! <laughs> At least they were willing to sit down and have a cup of coffee! I might have gotten a payout from them! <laughs> the shadowy figure approaches the door. The handle begins to turn. She turns with a fearful, Who's there? And as the door creaks open, we see her turn to look at the shadow. Now, that is where this page ends. Do you see what I mean about the technique of the page turn? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, there's this this expression on her face is marked by this, like, terror and discomfort that it really makes you wonder what's going on on this next page. Especially since the thing she was afraid of most before that was death. Well, yeah, I mean, what's worse than death? Let's see, shall we? On the next page, it shows the outside of the hospital as she shrieks in absolute horror. And this page is actually our title page. 
long dream. Oh, so it's taxes. Okay, I got it. I got it. <laughs> if it's not death, it's taxes. Fuck, Ben Franklin was right. <laughs> um, wh- what also intrigues me is like, I-, I I don't know if this is meant to be literal or symbolic, but the uh, the the face that is like emerging from like this shadowy bush at the bottom of this uh, at this at the bottom of this page, which I'm sure I'll find out later on in the story. But I have to say, it's intriguing me right off the bat. Absolutely. The face does look very serene and peaceful, which after this horrifying start makes you wonder, what's going on behind that peaceful sleeping expression, right? Oh, absolutely. It's, it is a heck of an opener. Like, there are so many horror movies that do open with just that shattering of the illusion of the real world that, you know, um, and then it it takes you back into the ordinary world where it's like, okay, What does any of this shit have to do with this? It's Drew Barrymore getting murdered on the phone, is what I'm saying. Exactly, it's exactly. Uh, When it comes to shit fucking with your mind, too, it also reminds me of a more recent horror movie. Have you seen the movie Smile, by any chance? I have not, no. So, brief tangent... Uh, The whole concept of Smile is a monster essentially enters the mind of our main character and begins showing her crazy shit while she's awake, and she starts to lose the grasp about what's real and what's reality. Mm -hmm. So... This That kind of mindfuckery is the same sort of theme we're going with in this story, I can let you know. Now, what what I'm very curious about with this, in terms of, like, things of the mind and everything, it's really bringing me to mind um, some of the concepts from Neil Gaiman's Sandman, which we have covered in the past. So, I'm I'm gonna be eager to see what's, uh, what's going into, uh, into this shit here. So... As the title has already given away, there is a dream aspect to it, so Mm -hmm. the Sandman comparison is apropos, but I think you'll find these dreams have a bit of a different influence on the world. That's terrible, and I hate it, so... (laughs) Good, good. Let's continue, shall we? Oh, sure. So we cut to the hospital bright and early the next morning inside the neurosurgery ward where we find our young female subject continuing to scream and cry and uh, no doubt out of more sheer terror. And this is where we meet our sort of kind of main character for the story, her, her doctor, Dr. Kuroda. She begs, Dr. Kuroda, save me, please. I want to live. I want to live. But Dr. Kuroda assures her, we're using every resource to fight your condition, Mommy. We can't give up hope, so you mustn't either. Mommy, sorry. Which... Mommy, sorry. I... <laughs> <laughs> Fucker. Spelled M-A-M-I, thank you, you fucking pervert. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. She doesn't even necessarily fit that same design of people who, who do, you know, say that. Um... Yeah, she looks like she's in high school. Uh, one, one other note that I'd just like to say while we're in the middle of this tangent. I absolutely love what Junji Ito is doing with, like, the, the shading and the lines on oh, his art. yes. Like, the line work is absolutely fascinating to me. Especially, like, every time he does shadow work, it's... Oh, I am... I'm very interested. Uh, you need to look up a video of him working on this stuff, because when he draws, it's like watching a machine work. The man is, like, staring at a page, and he'll pause for a second, and then make a tiny little minuscule line, or collection of lines, and then pause, and then draw another one, and you want to go, 
dude, you have to blink at some point. <laughs> His attention to detail is almost microscopic, and it's fan-freaking-tastic. I mean, it's very easy to tell. Like, um, I, I was especially struck by it on this page, by this uh, this panel in the bottom, bottom left corner, where she's like... Uh, Mommy is crying into her pillow, and you see, like, the uh, the, the shadow work, uh, the lines and everything on the bottom there. I don't know. I uh, it, it drew my eye, so kudos there. Oh, you'll be seeing more of that when the real horror kicks off. <laughs> so as Kuroda and his doctor assistant uh, reassure her that they're doing everything they can, she claims, But it's my time. I even saw him last night. Death came for me. Dr. Karuda assures her that that wasn't death. He was just a patient from another ward. Oh, you see, that that's just Mr. Johnson. He uh, tends to wander down the hallways holding a scythe and wearing a big old black cloak. He's, he's really fine <laughs> most of the time, but uh, he has this habit of pointing into other patients' rooms. It's very weird. We're trying to get him to stop. He's a gardener that likes to work nights, and he doesn't like to wear clothes where dirt shows up. <laughs> So Mommy screams at him that that man is not of this world. Look at his face. It's terrifying, inhuman, a devil in the dark. Oh, now I know what her favorite episode of Star Trek the original series is. Is there one called A Devil in the Dark? Yes, there is. Um, It's it's about this um, uh, colony that's where people are getting murdered. Uh, and they find out that it's like this silicone-based life form that's actually just trying to protect its home. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Good lord, she's hallucinating that she's a Comic-Con. Get the morphine! <laughs> Good lord, it's a Horta! <laughs> <laughs> so they leave Mommy's room, and Dr. Kuroda ponders, A devil in the dark. The girl's got good instincts. His, assist- his assistant questions what he means by this, saying it could just be... Uh, a, an illusion caused by her fear, a heightened fear of dying and a product of her intuition. But Kuroda denies this, saying that a patient has indeed been walking the halls at night because this patient is too afraid to sleep. Oh, come on, Mr. Johnson. Stop doing your death cosplays and just take your sedative. We understand that this Mr. Kruger you keep talking about is hurting your feelings. <laughs> your death cosplay looks asks, stupid. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Gotta throw a bitch in there if it's Freddy Krueger. Sorry, forgot about that. <laughs> Only bitches use sides, bitch. Get yourself a decent pair of hedge clippers, bitch. <laughs> that robe makes you look like a girl, bitch. I mean, look at this Stop shit. It. I can cut so many hedges with this glove, bitch. <laughs> so the assistant asks how the patient is doing. So he and Kuroda begin to walk down the hall, sort of walking and talking. The assistant asks what the man's condition is as he's not too familiar with the case. I see Aaron Sorkin took over the direction for this page. (laughs) You can hear the soulful piano music now. (laughs) So Kuroda begins to explain. His name is Tetsuro Mukoda. He's been here for around two months. I would like you to keep that in mind, that Tetsuro Mukoda has been in this hospital for two months. Okay. Okay? I think I can do that. It's been two months. Two months. And then we cut to a flashback of no doubt Dr. Kuroda speaking with Tetsuro. 
He told me he's been having long dreams. Uh, how long would you say? About 18 inches? <laughs> God, Doc, I wish. <laughs> it's so much worse than that. <laughs> My dick keeps calling me a bitch. <laughs> You're never gonna please a woman with that hip work, bitch. <laughs> I'm never going inside anybody, bitch. <laughs> Suddenly, all, all of a sudden, these finger razors come out of his balls. <laughs> Oh, God. No, not my taint. That's what the ladies like. Uh, so, we get our first look at Tetsuro Makoda, and he doesn't look too great. He His cheeks are looking a little sunken. He's got bags under his eyes. Clearly, he has not been sleeping well. He's also an Attack Doctor... on Titan fan, because it appears he has the same haircut as uh, the protagonist <laughs> of that series, whose name has escaped me just now. I promise to kill all the nightmares. <laughs> uh, good for you. Um, now, let's, let's just hop behind the wall here. We'll be fine. No, the wall calls me a bitch in my dreams! <laughs> And on so, that day, humanity's gonna receive a grim reminder, bitch. <laughs> it's the fucking colossal titan, but it's just Freddy Krueger. <laughs> You're all my bitches now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're never this gonna is what's like being you. We're never gonna get through this, are we? <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're on page nine. <laughs> So Dr. Kuroda asks uh, Tatsuro how long these dreams last for. Let's see. They first began about a month ago, and every dream felt like expand two or three days. I see he's seen Inception. It's closer than you think. Oh, God. So every time you woke up, you felt like it had lasted a while. No. It was inside the dream that I felt time drag on. I felt it. I don't believe, I didn't believe it myself at first, but every passing day the dreams grew longer. Had they all been pleasant dreams, I wouldn't have minded. But the nightmares, they grew stranger. And I started losing it. And we get a silhouetted view of Tetsuro laying in his bed with... Andrew, would you like to describe what we're seeing on this page? Um, it's honestly a bit difficult to describe. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's a very trippy kind of vision of, like, what looked to be cat's eyes and big old teeth and, like, a friggin' spinal column or a millipede or something like that. And then there's, like, a shrimp. It's, like, a whole bunch of, like, weird, <laughs> um, images kind of meshed together. Listen, uh, I'm I, allergic. I... <laughs> Shellfish, no! Alfred! <laughs> <laughs> and then the shellfish turns to him. Like, Only bitches are allergic to shrimp. No! Um, you know, I, I... I... I'm going to admit something here, which is that on occasion, I have had these, like, weird kind of layered dreams... Where, you know, you're, you're, you have, like, a dream within a dream within a dream kind of deal. I had one a couple uh-huh. of weeks ago that felt very similar to, to this kind of concept. Where, like, I, it feels like you're on a trip, you know? Now, imagine that sensation, but it feels like it lasts two or three days. I don't want to do that, actually. I'd, I'd rather, uh, I would rather not. 
yeah, now you see what Tetsuro's going through here. Hmm. But that's not the end of it. Because Kuroda asks him, how long are your dreams lasting now? And he says, every night, about a year. The last one, I was hanging out with Marion Cotillard in a whole bunch of abandoned buildings. That one was pretty cool. <laughs> I think Christopher Nolan directed that one. But then the other night, I dreamt I was Jack Nicholson in the hot tub scene with Kathy Bates from About Schmidt. That lasted a year, Doctor! <laughs> oh, come on. She's not that bad. Yeah, I guess. But a year! <laughs> My skin was so pruney! <laughs> uh, at this point, Dr. Kuroda says, I was barely able to keep it under control at that point. And he strikes this pose that's like, <laughs> wow, the whole year, you say? I know! <laughs> like, that's exactly he's got like a smirk thinking. and a cocked eyebrow. He looks like this smug asshole as he's like, this is me keeping it under control. Mmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm, don't sense anything wrong there, sailor. <laughs> All right, Dr. Kuroda. Maybe maybe you should stop harassing your patients this way. <laughs> but that's the only way I can keep it together. <laughs> this one lady came in saying she had lung cancer and I had to feel her titties. <laughs> that's vaguely close to the lungs. that's why i have my federal booby inspector shirt god tetsuro begs dr kuroda to believe him saying that his life has been severely impaired by this because he cannot remember what happened the day before every single night it feels like another year has passed for him his brain is experiencing these long amounts of time before but when it could all be happening in the course of a single night, but his brain doesn't know that. Right. It's it's that perception of time, like, dream time is so different from, from normal time. You can experience, like, um, it, it, like, like with this dream within a dream within a dream that I was describing earlier. I had gone to bed that night at maybe about, like, 1.30... And I'd fallen asleep, and I'd been through this this lengthy dream that felt like it was, like, um, probably, like, a, 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 at least two or three hours, I thought was uh-huh. what I was going through. So when I finally did, like, snap myself out of all the layers and everything, I look over at my phone to see what time it is. It's 2.12, and I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At the same time, you can have the opposite thing happen, where you look at your clock and it's 10 a. And it's like 10 p.m., and then it feels like you blink and you look and it's 5 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, dream time is very weird. And Dr. Kuroda acknowledges this, but he says there's no possible way he could be experiencing a year every single night. So, he has Tetsuro hooked up to a, one of those, like, brainwave reader things... Oh, like, kind of like a sleep study or something like that. Yes, exactly. He has him hooked up to, like, a sleep study machine uh-huh. and studies him as he falls asleep that night. And at first, it looks like Tetsuro is sleeping peacefully. Okay, I, but I, then... I just, very quickly, very quickly, I'd just like to say, yes. usually in sleep studies, you know, they're not, like, in the same room with you. They're, like, monitoring <laughs> you from, like, a separate room. <laughs> Dr. Kuroda has decided to pull up his office chair and just sit right next to this man as he's, <laughs> yeah. like, trying to go to sleep. It's like having somebody sitting right next to your bed just, like, All right, now try to relax. Don't worry about me. Do you need a lullaby to go to sleep? 
Uh, no, no, thanks, Doctor Kuroda. Um, now, now, can you stop? <laughs> Rock a bye, my- baby, on the treetop. Please stop feeling if- my thigh as you're singing. <laughs> but I'm barely holding it together. <laughs> so as Kuroda watches from his awkwardly pulled up office chair in the same room, <laughs> Tetsuro is currently sleeping peacefully, but then his arms begin to jerk and move and twitch. And we see his expression twist and change as if he were having a nightmare. Oh my god, he's jerking himself off. (laughs) I guess he's barely holding it together. (laughs) This is how I shut up the Kruger dick. (laughs) Go ahead and make yourself come, bitch. It's not making me go away. (laughs) Oh god, no! (laughs) So Kuroda does describe how... Tetsuro's eyes were darting around incredibly frantically how uh, his brain waves began to become very, very erratic on the readings of the machine. Yeah, that's REM sleep. And that, that's ex- REM yeah. sleep, Dr. Kuroda. That's normal. <laughs> I've never seen this before. Better get my dick out. <laughs> that happens every night, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing that he was in the deepest form of sleep he could get, Dr. Kuroda decides that it is time to wake him up. And he does so by leaning over him and shaking his shoulders going, Hey! Hey! Were you dreaming just then? <laughs> Doctor... Okay. Dr. Kuroda is very bad at this. For a number of reasons. But this is probably <laughs> one of the worst ones. <laughs> we are just getting started, my friend. Oh my god. This is the thing I was hoping that you would notice about this comic is that Dr. Kuroda is very bad at his job. (laughs) No, no, he's absolutely awful at this. And I kind of love it because like he's just... I'm convinced Dr. Kuroda is like a pediatric specialist that wandered into the neurosurgery ward and was like, yes, I am brain doctor. Now, I... I am not familiar with too many neurosurgeons. I may have to ask my uh, my, my therapist about this. Um, are there many neurosurgeons who also conduct sleep studies? Or is this just something that Dr. Kuroda does? Like, does he moonlight as a sleep specialist? You're going to be asking the question, is this just something Dr. Kuroda does <laughs> a lot in this story? Okay. <laughs> so... In order to be very gentle with this patient who's in distress and violently shaking him awake by the shoulders. Now, it's it's like one of those things where it's like, now, we have to be very cautious. This man may be in a great deal of distress. Hey, were you dreaming just then? What? (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Are you sleeping? I didn't get no sleep because of y'all. Y'all not gonna get no sleep because of me. So as Tetsuro awakens, he asks where he is, and Kuroda tells him, you're in the hospital, you checked yourself in yesterday, and Tetsuro does look very confused, and he looks worse, doesn't he? He really does, like his cheeks He look looks more even more tired. His cheeks are more sunken in. Uh, it, it's weird because, like, the sclera of his eyes seem to have turned, like, black. Maybe that's just, like, the angle we're looking at it at, but I don't know. Is that something? Is this anything? Yeah. It's nothing. It's just COVID. (laughs) Fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dr. Kuroda... uh, Dr. Kuroda stands over him as Tetsuro describes, Now I remember. I was in the hospital, wasn't I? And I had a dream, all right. 
It was terrifying. And it lasted a year and a half. I was coming for a year and a half. Do you know how that feels? I'm so chafed, Doctor. <laughs> I need lotion right now. At the end of it, it was just like blood. There wasn't even any semen anymore. <laughs> oh, that is a nightmare. Yeah, you see what I mean? <laughs> so Dr. Kuroda is genuinely terrified by this because there is no way that Tetsuro could be lying. The look on his face says he is telling the truth. And so... He continues to observe him as he sleeps night after night after night. And so, as he fell into a deep sleep, there is a singular moment when he would go into convulsions. In that instant, he was dreaming, but in that one singular moment, it could feel like months and months had gone by. An illusion of a long dream. Okay. All of that happening in a single moment. And I would like to pause to say, this was the inspiration that Junji Ito got for this particular story. His sister once told him that when we dream at night, those dreams in reality only last a minute, despite how long they feel in our brains. Mm -hmm. And that inspired him to write this story. I mean, that's the same discussion we were having about the dream time earlier as well, and how like, yeah. it can feel really skewed and everything. So that's... I can see how that was a source of inspiration to him. One other th question that I have, what's with the balloons? <laughs> he was having a dream. It's horrifying. <laughs> he's afraid of balloons? I guess, if he's afraid of heights. <laughs> okay, he's just... Do you remember Moody's point from the Amanda show? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> this is a scary comic, Andrew. Do not bring that up. <laughs> Moody! That's exactly what I was There's thinking. There's a plane coming, Moody! It's Moody's mom stuck up in the fucking hot air balloon. And now I'm just picturing this man, like, being in this... Dr. Corona! Dr. Corona! <laughs> the camera pans up and the balloon is Freddy Krueger's head. This reference isn't relevant, bitch! <laughs> Only 90s kids will get this reference, bitch! <laughs> so, despite being afraid of shrimp and balloons, <laughs> Dr. Kuroda is genuinely concerned. And he tells him, I still did not understand why he had these dreams at all. And Tetsuro asked him, when can I expect to be cured? Well, I haven't so, really Kuroda done anything except shake you awake and watch you while you sleep. So, exactly. it might be a little bit here. So, Kuroda says, We're still looking at how best to treat you. Your patience at this time would be a great help. And Tetsuro says, I dreamt for ten years last night, Doctor. Jesus Christ! My dreams are getting longer. Okay, is this is this growing exponentially? Like, are we... Oh my god. Theoretically, yes. Every night, it's getting longer. He dripped for ten fucking years last night, which tells me, hey, Kuroda, you might want to move this to the top of your list, because this guy needs help now. Hey, uh, valid question. Like, is it all the nightmare shit, or, like, is there occasional breaks of, like, um... I don't know, getting up in the morning during these 10 years, having a cup of coffee, reading the newspaper, and then going back outside to the burning mountains or something. 
So he did say that he did have pleasant dreams every now and then. The nightmares did happen on occasion, but either way, he's losing his sense of time in the real world. He can't remember things that happen from day to day very well. Well, yeah, I mean, like, if you're experiencing literal years while you're sleeping, that makes total sense. And it gets worse, too. He said, <laughs> Dr. Kuroda says... I need you to understand this, Mr. Makoda. Your long dreams are just an illusion. In reality, they last only an instant. There is nothing to fear. And Tetsuro combats that with, You're only saying that because you've never dreamed as I have, Doctor. You've never felt how lonely they are. How filthy. How lonely. And how terrifying to behold. And we see another image of what Tetsuro has been dreaming about at night. Would you like to describe what he is seeing here? So, what I'm seeing here is, like, skulls in the midst of, like, all this, like, industrial piping. And, like, it, it's, it's, it's simultaneously, like, modern and, like, kind of a memento mori kind of image, while at the same time, I think we also see the shocked face of Thomas the Tank Engine looking down at all this. <laughs> I see what you fucking mean. <laughs> Sir Topham Hat is going to want to know about the pipe skeletons. <laughs> Thomas rushed to tell Sir Topham Hat about <laughs> the pipe skeletons. <laughs> but he couldn't escape because pipe skeletons. <laughs> Thomas dreamed of this for ten years. Oh, God! <laughs> and Tetsuro has been having more dreams as well. Last night, I was a soldier trapped in the jungle, constantly on the run from the enemy. Ten long years, Doctor, so very long. So this is what every Vietnam veteran dreams about. Fucking right! And he's never even been to war! That night, the night before... That The night before that, I was stuck cramming for tests. Nine years of endless exams and all-nighters. Oh, fuck. Actually, that's horrible. The other night, I dreamt I was in my underwear in front of class for eight years. <laughs> no, that's not what he says. Instead, he says, How about eight years of searching for a toilet that doesn't exist? Jesus Christ, man! You are really How do you suffering. think that feels? Okay, 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 I'm with this guy now. Like, before I was kind of like, okay, that, that sounds, you know, that could be unpleasant. But now it's like, Jesus Christ, you have to pee for eight years? Man! Eight years and he can't find, at that point, just piss in an alley. Well, even if I'm it is a dream. <laughs> Listen, bitch, so you're gonna find a proper urinal or this isn't ending. No! <laughs> the urinal's my mouth. <laughs> so I'm a kind of after hearing about way. how, after hearing about how Tetsuro experienced not being able to take a shit for eight years, Kuroda responds with, "I get it, but it's like I told you, it's only an illusion." I get it. Well, I've also had to shit for eight years. I am very constipated. I work in a hospital. Do you know how few bathroom breaks we get? <laughs> He says, we're working very hard to isolate the cause of your dreams if you could hold on a little longer, but we haven't seen Kuroda do anything. You haven't done shit, Dr. Kuroda. All you've done is watch him while he sleeps. That's not finding anything. This man hasn't been able to take a shit for eight years in his brain. Better observe him a little longer. Pulls over the office chair, leans straight in. Now go to sleep. 
<laughs> oh my god, you haven't been able to take a shit for eight years? I'm barely holding it together. Better start jacking it. <laughs> so, so Dr. Kuroda is, oh my god. He's so, so bad at this. I'm sorry. Yes. He just is. No, no, you do not have to apologize. He's a terrible doctor. This man, like you said, is suffering horribly. And he says, you're just going to have to wait. At which point Tetsuo responds, All right, doctor. But if you don't hurry, it won't be long until my dreams drag out to a hundred or two hundred years. Were that to happen, I can't say what would become of me. And he leaves. And I love Dr. Kuroda just staring at the door like, Mm, sucks. Alright, I wonder what's going on with some of my other patients. <laughs> There's also that girl that keeps screaming about death. I wonder how she's handling it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just thinking about her. How's How is she doing? I would like to point out that this is still a flashback. Oh, all this time, Kuroda right. is walking down the hall talking to his assistant. Right. This has all already happened. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, did, I did briefly forget about that. So, thank you for the reminder. No problem. Kuroda describes, as we had feared, the perceived length of his dreams was growing rapidly. We could see that much with our own eyes. For example, after his 20th day at the hospital. Dr. Kuroda, what are you doing? (laughs) What have you been doing for 20 days? Okay, okay. The best part of all this is that right at the top of this page is another observation of of the... I forget what the patient's name is. I cannot remember. Tetsuro? Thank you, Tetsuro. And they're observing Tetsuro. He's brought in two other guys who are just standing there going, hmm, <laughs> how weird. Is he jerking it? <laughs> and one of them leads to the other and goes... I don't think other hospitals have people in the same room while the sleep study's going on. <laughs> uh, I'm leading this investigation, doctor. Yes, sir, Dr. Kuroda. <laughs> I just, I, oh my gosh. It's been 20 days and they're still <laughs> just staring at him? You'd think there was a, there'd be a pill they can give him. Something. Anything. Anything, anything that they could try here. I, oh my gosh. God, okay, you gotta keep going, <laughs> because I'm just gonna keep focusing on fucking Dr. Kuroda just doing nothing. 20 days of observing. After his 20th day at the hospital, he could remember only with great strain the events of the previous day. It was as if 50 years had passed overnight. Okay, this is growing exponentially at this point now. After a month... He would wake up every day speaking with a different intonation than he had before. It was like he was trying to talk to someone from another century. So this man just wakes up and goes, Forsooth, Dr. Kuroda, how fair it be (laughs) on thy fine day. Did I sleep well this past eve? (laughs) One day he wakes up just, Guten Tag, Doctor. Oh, that's probably not good. Oh, God, he, he woke up on Nazi planet. (laughs) They come back! (laughs) And we see the effect that this is having on Tetsuro. His cheeks are skin and bones. His eyes are covered in shadow at this point. He's he's falling apart, man. And next to him, Dr. Kuroda seems decidedly unconcerned. (laughs) We're doing everything we can. (laughs) Fair doctor, I do not comprehend what has bypassed me this last eve. Hmm. 
You know what might help you? Have you considered community theater? Thou knowest me well, Doctor! <laughs> Good, get him out of this fucking hospital. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's about time you finally admitted it, Doc. My, my degree is written on the back of a napkin, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, you went to upstairs medical college, too? He is Dr. Nick! He's the <laughs> Japanese Dr. Nick! Dr. Nick Riviera from The Simpsons! Hi, everybody! Hi, Hi Dr. Dr. Corona! <laughs> he goes on to say his brain shown signs of actually having experienced such lengths of time. He seemed lost in a different time and space to our own. And then we cut back to modern day. Back to Kuroda and his assistant walking down the hall. And he says, Recently things have gotten worse. Even his body itself is physically changing. It looks as if he has evolved over an extended time. That's, uh, the assistant says, Physically? That's right. Which brings us to now. Okay. Okay. I... He's... If I recall correctly, he's been here a month. Two yes. months. Two months. Two months. It's been two months. Two months. Okay. And in these two months, and I know I keep harping on this, but has Dr. Kuroda done anything except watch him? No. No, he hasn't. Not okay, to our knowledge, right. he cool. hasn't. They don't talk about it. Wonderful. Okay. I. Th what the fuck, Dr. Kuroda? You, this man comes to you every morning saying, hey, this is getting worse. Hey, my length of time is getting worse. He's physically changing. Apparently, mentally, he's slipping away and you're able to discern this. And you've done nothing? Apparently not. He's been watching him every single night like, oh, I wonder how he morphs today. Oh, God. God, he's going to grow a tail tomorrow, and Dr. Kuroda's just going to be like, huh, weird, I wonder what's for lunch in the cafeteria today. <laughs> huh, so the lizards are the next evolved form of life. Interesting. I didn't. That's know what I'm Trek really Voy here to observe. I didn't know Star Trek Voyager was right. <laughs> oh, God, now Dr. Kuroda's dreaming of Comic-Con. <laughs> so Dr. Kuroda leads his assistant to Tetsuro's room saying, it's this one. He opens the door, and he steps inside. Mr. Makoda, are you awake? And we see the last panel is a shadowed image of a scraggly-looking head of hair in silhouette. Another oh example God. of the page turn. He's become Dream of the Endless. <laughs> that was the final book. Actually, Doctor, this worked out pretty well for me. I know I, I, you dream about Freddy Krueger, too. He rules the dreaming now, bitch! <laughs> now I'm his bitch! <laughs> would you like to see what Tetsuro Mukota looks like now? I would love to. I would genuinely love to. Brace yourself. This is what happens after two months of long dreaming. Ta-da! All right, um, so he seems to have become a desiccated mummy. <laughs> which, yeah. I guess, which I guess makes sense. He's, he's, he's probably living thousands of years at this point in his dreams. So, as Andrew has described, his 
limbs are looking really gangly. His fingers are coming out into, like, claws. His head has swollen like a classic alien look. There's, like, no hair almost left on his head. His ears are getting pointed. His nose is becoming flat. He looks inhuman. I have to say that he looks like if you if you were to humanize Mr. Burns. Oh, no! <laughs> Except for the long, crooked nose! That's what I'm saying! Like, he looks like he... Oh, God, this is awful! Dr. Ooh. Kubota, have you figured out my dream problem yet? If you haven't, I will have to release the hounds. Sir, uh, the hounds were left about a thousand years ago in your dreams. Damnation! <laughs> yeah, uh, Tatsuro's not looking so hot. <laughs> he is not. Also, um, I, I, I... What's with the bow? The bow? I don't know if you see in the in the bottom right corner there, there's like a bow that seems to be tied in his... Is that the comforter? Uh, yeah, I think that is a, that is a design on the comforter. Wow, weird. I guess that Japan has just more decorative uh, blankets for their hospitals than we do here. I mean, this guy needs all the comfort he can get. <laughs> yeah, it's like this thousand-yard stare that he's going through is... Oh, oh, God. This Can this you see awful. why Mommy called him the face of death? I, I totally get it. So... Okay, and now I get it. Okay, so he's been getting up and he's been walking around at night and apparently frightening the other patients because he looks like the Crypt Keeper. Exactly, exactly. So Kuroda and his assistant walk up to him and we get a close-up shot at his eyes, which are, it's like their pupils are starting to fade into blurs and they're just like bloodshot veins through it. And he says, Where is this place? Who are you? And don't you remember? My name is Kuroda. I'm your doctor. And at that point, Tatsuru puts his fingertips together and holds them out in a warding gesture and yells, No! Is he about to force lightning, Dr. Kuroda? <laughs> it looks like it. <laughs> I remember what a terrible doctor you are! Power! <laughs> Unlimited dreaming! In, in my dream, I met Palpatine! I am stronger <laughs> than any of you! I met him for a thousand years! <laughs> so Dr. Kuroda and his assistant both look intrigued by this, and Kuroda describes, He's been acting like this lately. Every time he wakes, it's possible he believes himself still dreaming. And the, fig also, and the figure that was... Also, he's a Star Wars fan. We never knew that before he started dreaming. <laughs> he, now he never wants to watch another movie because he's been dreaming it for 10,000 10, years. <laughs> so the thing that was once Tetsuro looks up and says, Where is Mommy? They, the doctors look shocked and he says, Mommy, my love, where is she? We've been married thousands of years and she's never left my side. Okay, has Christopher Nolan read this manga? <laughs> it feels fucking like it, doesn't it? It really does. Like this that, would be a, a this is a plot point in in Inception. This would be a great idea for a movie, except for the whole Crypt Keeper Mr. Burns thing. 
We're, we're, we're just going to make sure that uh, Leo DiCaprio looks fine whenever he comes out of it. <laughs> he looked at this thing and went, this guy will be played by Leonardo DiCaprio. When was this published? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't recall you mentioning that. I actually don't know. This was done, I want to say, in possibly the early 2000s. Oh, so it's uh, possible that Christopher Nolan did read this. It could be. It could be. I know it isn't that terribly old. Okay, but we see okay. Tetsuro clamoring out of bed, saying, Yes, this must be the hospital where first we met. All those years ago, we met and fell in love in her room here. And you, you're the man who tried to keep us apart. Where are you hiding her? And he leaps out of bed and goes tearing out of the room down the hallway. You know, I'm not surprised at this point that Dr. Kuroda has become the villain in this man's dreams. (laughs) Because of all the nothing that he's experienced in this hospital. (laughs) Yeah, he is actually morphed into this, like, despotic evil villain (laughs) who does nothing! (laughs) So he... Tears out of the room and goes running down the hall. The doctor's saying, he's headed for mommy's room. We must stop him. He must have dreamed of her last night He because he saw her. He dreamed of marrying her. Ugh. And we see Tetsuro sprinting down the hall yelling, Mommy! Mommy! As they say, that in his mind, they've been together for centuries. He can't tell dream from reality anymore. So as he's running down the hallway, just yelling, Mommy! Mommy! Off in the next room, there's a little kid who's getting a vaccine, and his mom looks at him and is just like, So you're not the only one who's experiencing a little trepidation, kiddo. (laughs) You know what, Mom? You're right. And I'm sure that kid is going to be okay, too. Mommy, my love! (laughs) Okay, now it's started to get weird. Uh, Can we just get the vaccination and maybe move out of here? Yeah, um, can we do this in a different room, or... (laughs) So as he tears down the hallway, we cut to dear, sweet, innocent mommy. Oh, no. is being told by her nurse that it's time to eat, and she says, I don't want to. Looking rather sad, but saying that she doesn't want to die. The only thing she wants to do is live, and we hear, Mommy! Mommy! And the door flies open, and this thing comes sprinting inside. Oh my god, it's like the door... It's like the door opens and you're met by one of the fucking Mars Attacks aliens as you step outside. (laughs) Don't worry, Mommy. Everything's going to be okay. Mommy, I love you! (laughs) And... Surprisingly enough, Mommy sees this creature and recognizes it as a man in horrific and terrible pain. And her heart does... pants, I have to point out. Her heart does soften, and she genuinely takes pity on this poor creature. Nah, I'm just kidding. She screams in terror. (laughs) (laughs) She does the thing that she's done through 90% of this comic, which is scream about not wanting to die. Now listen, Mommy knows her role, and she's willing to go for it, so... <laughs> I can't fucking blame her when she fucking sees that thing. No, I have to admit, if a desiccated corpse-like person threw open the doorway and uh, just started 
not even screaming my name, just saying it in a very, like, lengthy and terrifying manner, I cannot say that I would not be doing the same thing. Right? Fucking right? So, Tetsuro looks genuinely like, Mommy? And she tries to scramble away from him, screaming, He's back for me! It's death! And we see this heartbroken look on Tetsuro's face. Mommy, what's the matter? And at that point, Dr. Kuroda jumps in and pulls him out of the room, saying, You need to go back to your room! And Tetsuro sadly says, Death. She called me Death. Well, yeah, buddy. Uh, have you looked in a mirror recently? <laughs> she used to think my swollen, bulbous head was sexy for a thousand years. She used to rub her face across my lack of nose. <laughs> she always said she loved when I looked into her eyes with my lack of pupils. The varicose veins? Oh, she said that they were paths to my heart. <laughs> So they get... I feel so fucking bad for this guy. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he His... came here for legitimate help, and nobody in this hospital has been doing anything to fucking help him! His mind and body are physically betraying him, and the hospital does nothing to help him. I like to call this comic the American Healthcare System. <laughs> if you're not careful, it'll turn you into Palpatine. <laughs> but you will not have unlimited power. <laughs> You'll only have a ja Okay, I don't know much about the Japanese healthcare system. What Neither do I. Bill, what kind of a bill do you think he's running up here? Hopefully not a big one, because they haven't applied anything to him. They hooked him up to some diodes and watched him. By the way, uh, your insurance called. Uh, they're gonna stop paying out, so we're gonna have to send you home. <laughs> insurance stopped being a concept in the year 25,693. Yeah, we're not there, buddy. Uh, so, uh... <laughs> so, do you have a debit card, or... <laughs> I don't remember! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is! We stopped using money in the year 3,927! Yeah, we still use it here, buddy. So, uh... <laughs> How about cash? Do you have any cash? <laughs> so we cut back to Tatsuro in his room. I see. So it was all a dream. The years we spent together. Nothing but a dream. In reality, I am not her husband. I'm a man she screams at and calls death. He looks up and says, Dr. Kuroda, I'm scared, Doctor. If these dreams keep getting longer, perhaps one day they will never end. And then, what will happen to me? What happens to the man who wakes from an endless dream? Uh, you could probably ask, um, Alex Burgess about that, uh, and, uh, he might be able to help you out with that. That's a Sandman reference for those of you who are fond of that. I was gonna say, I don't know if I get that joke. <laughs> um, so, uh, we watched the show, so, uh -huh. um, do you remember the son of the dude who, like, um... Oh, who, who yes! Yes, 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 okay. 
So at the end of it, uh, as his punishment, Dream traps him in an endless dream. So, so yeah. Mommy continues to scream from her room. <laughs> That's a phrase that should be tattooed on the front of this book. Mommy continues to scream. I mean, it's what she's done in this book, and frankly, I can't blame her. Yeah, she's... Notice that Dr. Kuroda has done nothing to help her either. Is there any other doctor we could talk to? (laughs) The assistant with him is like, I'm just learning from this quack until he leaves and I can do this better. I'm actually his replacement. (laughs) Oh my god. This is... Yeah, he's helped (laughs) nobody in this neurosurgery ward. Good job, buddy. You're... You're... A plus. Top notch, Dr. Kuroda. He's in his office going, the square peg fits in the square hole. (laughs) So, they check on Mommy, Kuroda and his assistant do, and as they walk away from the room, Kuroda says, she's not looking too good. The most severe problem seems to be her fear of death. You don't fucking say, Doc! Dr. Kuroda! (laughs) I'm good at medicine. I can see things in front of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the assistant says. The assistant says. Well, uh, what, that- what you what you've conveniently not read here is that Doctor Kuroda says I've never seen a patient so terrified, and all I can think is, what about Tetsuro? Not one page ago, Doc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, like, not to underplay Mommy's uh, condition here, but I think Tetsuro is going through a little bit more. His body is physically morphing. Well, not only that, but Tetsuro also has, like, thousands of years of dread up on Mommy. So I'm just saying, I think there are levels here, Doc. (laughs) Nothing is a priority to Dr. Kuroda. <laughs> he just bounces from thing to thing without actually worrying about it while going, uh, oh, there's pudding in the commissary today. <laughs> but yeah, he sits in his office and looks at his patients. That's all he does. <laughs> Pulls over that office chair, gets way too close. So the assistant asks him, Is there any news of Tetsuro Mukoda? Hmm. We can't even imagine how far into the future he's gone this time. In the and s- year 3535, <laughs> if Tetsuro's still alive. <laughs> so, this is a subtle one, but this is another page turn moment. And I will tell you right now Tetsuro's body has changed again. Are you ready to see what he looks like now? I can't imagine how it would possibly be worse than Grey Alien Palpatine, but let's take a look. Alright, because Kuroda and the assistant step into, uh, step into Tetsuro's room, and, um, yeah, he's looking great. Oh my god, okay. Alright, you want to know what's happened to him now? He's turned into the thing, but for some reason, his neck is a zebra. <laughs> Those aren't stripes. Those are like flesh folds. Oh my god, he is turned into... He's slowly turning into Jabba the Hutt, but also Ben Grimm. I... Oh. I was going to say he's achieving his peak evolutionary state, which is that of a light bulb. It's clobbering time. (laughs) 
Yeah, as, as Andrew has accurately described, his limbs are more gangly and are covered in these, like, molten-looking cracks and divots, like the thing from Fantastic Four. His chin is virtually non-existent. It is just this rubbery, fleshy, folded neck that leads into this light bulb-like head. He has no nose. It's just two slits in the middle of this face. And you can't really see it because this com- this uh, this manga is in black and white. His eyes are glowing and have Ooh. no... They have no pupils, no irises, no veins. It's just these glowing orbs in what once were sockets. Sir... Sir, my god, Dr. Corona, you, you've waited too long. Congratulations. You've let you, this happen. You, he's turned into a navigator. <laughs> listen, Even if you listen. cure him now, you can't fix this. The spice is flowing in this man's mind and there is nothing you can do about it. <laughs> he also doesn't have any eyelids anymore. It's just these glowing orbs in his face. I, oh my god, you, ooh, ooh, is this the next stage of human evolution? God, I hope we die. Yeah, right, I hope we nuke each other to kingdom come before we get here. Oh boy. So, Kuroda states, One night we recorded Mr. Makoda's most severe convulsions and eye movements yet. You're still just watching him?! Yep, you even and he's still it. in the same room. Oh my god, what is wrong with you? You this have is what done I wanted. nothing! You have done absolutely goddamn nothing <laughs> to try and ease this patient's suffering! This man goes to bed every night and experiences what is probably at this point millions of years of torment, and yet... You have done nothing! What is wrong with you? This is what I wanted! This is... Oh. Now you know how it feels every single episode when you do this shit to me! What is wrong with this man? I, I Listen, Tetsuro! Tetsuro! You... If you ever actually wake up from any of this, you better sue for malpractice! <laughs> I don't know what suing is anymore. Oh, at this point in the future, he's probably like, <laughs> He's evolved beyond the need for words. He's just going to transmit the uh, the concept of a lawsuit into Dr. Kuroda's mind. I was going to say, he knows one word, and that word is asshole, because he's been dreaming about Dr. Kuroda for 10 million years. Jesus Christ. This man is suffering. So as he states, one night we recorded Mr. Makoda's most severe convulsions and eye movements yet. Ass. One found it easy to believe he had fallen into an endless dream. Was it even possible to wake from such a dream? And what would he be like if he did? That night, I didn't leave his side until dawn. I pulled over and... my office chair, sat right down next to him, and I began to feel somewhat uneasy and uncomfortable. So I reached down beneath the sheet, gripped the shaft, and just started going. He didn't even have one anymore! It was smooth as a Ken doll down there! <laughs> He'd evolved beyond the need to fuck. 
So as Dr. Kuroda watches him and muses over the concept of an endless Same goddamn dream, office chair, but at least now he's actually at an actual desk. <laughs> the barely. He's not even doing Ugh. anything at it. He's just turned his head to watch. Oh. I just like as to he... watch you guys. No. <laughs> as he muses over the idea of an endless dream and what it would mean to wake from it, dawn does come. And Kuroda has has nodded off in his chair when he begins to hear a noise coming from Tetsuro's bed. Now, Bri- it illustrates briefly, the... Briefly, I'm sorry, briefly, just before we go, what is Dr. Kuroda's home life like? <laughs> like, I, do, is he married? Does he have children who are missing him from these all-night sessions of just staring at this man? Like, I... We haven't seen a wedding ring on his finger in any of these panels. Has he... Does he have a cat? Has he... Has, is there a cat who's gone unfed for the last, like, two months? He... No, he just observes the cat. <laughs> he wheels up an office chair and watches the cat meow for food. He appears to be suffering. Better observe a little further. I hate this fucker. So... As I did say, he begins to hear a noise come from Tetsuro's bed, and while the sound effects in this are written in kanji, because it is a Japanese manga, the sound effect is meant to illustrate is the sound of crackling. Like, bit, like brittle crackling sounds coming from Tetsuro. Well, yeah, no shit. He's a, dr- he's a fucking dried-out husk. And as Kuroda watches... Tetsuro's body cracks and crumbles away into a pile of lifeless ash and empty clothes. Jesus Christ. He just... He fucking Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade right in front of him. And again, he's done nothing. Yep. And as a poetic ending to the life of Tetsuro Makoda... A gust of wind comes through the window of this early dawn and scatters the ashes away. And just like that, Tatsuro Makoda vanishes into the endless dream. Oh, but there's more. Okay. Okay. As Kuroda goes on to describe, all that remained were the scraps of a lifeless husk. His spirit had long since departed for that endless dream. From the crumbled remains of his brain, we discovered crystals of unknown properties. I promptly sold them to a jeweler, and now I'm rich beyond my wildest dreams, baby! (laughs) Woo! Now I can quit faking being a doctor! (laughs) This next part might be one of my favorite moments of Dr. Kuroda's incompetency, and proves to me that he is not a real doctor, because as he describes... I tried to find the link between these crystals and the dreams he had. To no avail. The microscope would tell me nothing, no matter how hard I looked. He looked at them through a microscope, didn't see anything, and gave up. Dr. Kuroda, first of all, you're not a geologist, Dr. (laughs) Kuroda. Or maybe you are. I don't know anymore. Well, I looked at him through the microscope, and that didn't tell me anything. Guess it's lost to the secrets of science. 
Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to not feed my cat and ignore all my other patients until such time that they start screaming about seeing death, and then I will put in a token appearance and nothing else. I'll pop into the neurosurgery ward, say, it's all in your head, and then I'll leave to get coffee. Ugh. God. Oh, but we're not done yet. Because, as you have just mentioned, we still have to deal with Mommy. Yeah. And, sure enough, the next time we see Mommy, she appears to be... Very nicely. Yes, she is tucked very sweetly into bed and appears to be sleeping peacefully. The nurses muse, Mommy's settled down lately, hasn't she? It must be the beta blockers. But they didn't work before. Okay, stop for a minute. Yes? So, they... They gave this woman medication to help her sleep. And uh-huh. try and prevent the, uh, the, the, the dreams from coming. Uh-huh. And they did nothing for Grey Palpatine over here? <laughs> Apparently not. Kuroda never put it in order for beta blockers for, for Tetsuro. Okay, listen, I... I just wanted to point out the double standard that exists here, apparently. And we can move on from there. Because clearly, (laughs) nobody gave a shit about this man. I wasn't going to help the girl screaming about death, but she does have a vagina. So I guess I'll do something. (laughs) She's got a family who might actually sue. (laughs) It's true, we never saw Tetsuro's family, no one came to help him. Ugh, God. So as Mommy begins to wake, Dr. Kuroda is there in her room with her. Oh, sorry, I've just been, I've been watching you sleep from my office chair. Ignore my jacket, I've barely been able to hold it together. (laughs) And he asks her, how are you feeling? And she describes, and she says, Oh, Dr. Kuroda, I feel a bit better today. Is that so? Just one thing. It's really weird. I've been having long dreams. Like living out a whole month in a night. And Kuroda's face pales. (laughs) Wow. I could do nothing again. (laughs) I have to deal with this shit a second time? So... We cut back to the hospital, and Dr. Kuroda is once again speaking with his assistant, who says, Dr. Kuroda, it's about Mami Takashima. Have you noticed any change in her condition? She said she's been having long dreams, and they're getting longer and longer. So you've noticed, too. The changes will become physical, I suppose, just like his were. And Dr. Kuroda, well, the assistant continues, What could this mean, Doctor? Could there be a chance of a contagion? And Kuroda says, No. I'll tell you, and only you. The substance we extracted from Tetsuro Mukoda, I've been administering to her. What the... What? What? It's at at this point that it's revealed that... Kuroda's less of a doctor and more of, like, a supervillain doctor? Okay, so you... 
you extract these weird crystals from the ashen remains of this man. The patient you failed. You did nothing to help. And now you've been like powdering up his crystals and putting them in her food or some shit. Yeah. What to help is her. wrong with you? She, uh, her dreams are better. She's calmed down. Great. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> she's going to become a, she's going to become a Crypt Keeper Palpatine too. <laughs> the assistant is unsurprisingly shocked at this. Good. The assistant is me. And, and Kuroda describes, to find its true application, we would have had to test it on humans sooner or later. No, then, then that means you, you've been conducting experiments on Mami Takashima? Settle down, Yamauchi. She's terrified of- It's better than the nothing I've been doing. (laughs) I'm at least doing something. That's not always a good thing! Listen, I had to figure something out or they were going to cut off my tenure. What? (laughs) She's terrified of dying. What she fears most is nothingness. But what if she were able to dream forever? You saw what happened when someone was able to dream forever. He crumbled into dust. This is supervillain mentality. He is literally a comic book supervillain doctor. I can't even. I just. What is this man? What is this man? I he He's Japan's me worst doctor. In so many ways. I oh god. And my my image of him being a supervillain continues as he says, "Then her spirit, my friend, would live forever too, even if we're just in the illusion of an instant. Say we had the power to show everyone an eternal dream, then mankind need never fear death ever again." Dr. Kuroda, you have become Dr. Destiny (laughs) from DC Comics. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. You are a... I can't... Oh, God. Please continue. So the assistant, uh, Yamauchi, he has been named, says, That's madness, Doctor! We would... You would desecrate the souls of the dying? Dr. Kuroda has no response to this, and we cut back to the bed of Mami Takashima as she lays asleep, and we see some familiar-looking cracks beginning to spread across her forehead, and her eyes appear to have lost their pupils and irises, and that is where our story ends. What'd you think? I ju- <laughs> I will say, I I never had any idea where this story was going. It kept me guessing throughout, which was, it was, in that way, it was a very strong tale. But I, I, I don't know if, I, I don't think I liked it. Because <laughs> of... you, you can be honest, you can be honest. Best hospital in the world, right? Oh, yeah, of course. It's where I'd want to... Ch- listen, <laughs> listen. How has Dr. Kur- How does Dr. Kuroda still have a job, first off? Second off, how has he not been... How is he not in the midst of, like, 68 malpractice suits as we speak? Because everyone he fails crumbles to dust! <laughs> You'd think that that would lead to certain people coming around and being like, Hey, listen, um... 
We've had like three or four separate cases of people turning into dust in this hospital. Uh, shortly before they, uh, you know, uh, they turned into Palpatine for a hot minute. <laughs> and then, uh, the thing and Jabba the Hutt combined. Uh, and then they started saying something about how the spice must flow and then they crumbled to dust. So, um, yes, yes. I am aware of this pandemic that has been happening. Allow me to look if a little bit deeper into it. And it just cuts to him in front of a microscope going, well, I'm stumped. <laughs> These crystals are telling me nothing. <laughs> They're not talking to me. So I, I it, the art is very strong. Like, yes, I will give it that. The art is amazing. The art is horrifying. What the fuck is up with this writing? <laughs> Do you see what I mean about Jinji Ito's short stories not having enough time to flesh out their concepts? Yeah, no. Like I would. I would be really intrigued to discover what the cause of this is. And, like, I I would like to see this explored more, but as it stands, now we just have this, like, weird phenomenon of, like, rapid evolution. And, and random brain crystals. People have yeah. rocks in their skulls. What the fuck does that mean? Where did they come from? What the fuck was any of this? <laughs> so, Andrew, I get to be the one to ask this week... Who would you say is your wackiest character and wackiest scenario? I mean, wackiest character is 100% Dr. Kuroda. Right? Exactly! I can say right now that's my choice. Because he, uh, first of all, this man comes in, says, Hey, listen, I've been having these really disturbing long dreams. Hook me up to the electrodes, do a sleep study, and we'll figure out what's going on. You'd think all you'd need is, like, one night of that. But no! They keep doing the <laughs> same thing for two fucking months! Two while months! this man begins to physically and mentally deteriorate? And they do nothing? Andrew, Not you don't understand. Thing. Up to that point, they had nothing they could look at through a microscope. You know, I have to tell you, I almost gave it to Yamauchi solely for the reason that he's watching all this and yeah. also does nothing. My runner-up were the two doctors in that one panel that were watching the sleep study who also did nothing. I know! Oh my god, there are so many people who are involved in this and just... Okay, alright. Uh, wackiest scenario then in turn hops into this which is the fact that he has been using these fucking crystals to try and cure, to, to, to treat mommy? I'm over here like, what is your problem, sir? Like, experimental treatments, I get, but you know exactly what these things do. You've seen what they did. They caused a man to crumble into dust in front of you. And yet you're going to give it to this poor, innocent person because you think that it is going to help cure her fear of death. You know what doesn't cure a fear of death, doctor? Dying! <laughs> Which is exactly the end game of this particular treatment! 
I would also like to remind you that Tetsuro described the types of dreams he was having that lasted for years and years. Need I remind you the eight years of not being able to find a toilet, the ten years of being trapped in the Vietnamese jungle, and Kuroda is perfectly alright with Mommy going through that same thing. This motherfucker is quite possibly... These okay, I'm not I'm not gonna give him the award of the single worst person we've ever seen on this show because Sleaze still exists. Right, but, but right, this is a close second. Like, <laughs> is he a worse doctor than do- than Mister Fantastic? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that pause there. You had to think about it. I did have to think about it, but honestly, yes, because I oh for fuck's sake. So. My wackiest character is absolutely Dr. Kuroda as well. It's all I could think when I read through this story for the first time. My wackiest scenario, this might be kind of mean, but when you take a step back and look at it, I think it's kind of funny. It's Mm -hmm. the scene where Tetsuro comes tearing down the hallway and bursts into Mommy's room because it's (laughs) set up like, Mommy, you really need to eat something. And she's like, she's sad, but she's very calm, sitting on her bed just... I don't want to die. I really hope somebody comes to take care of me. And then the door gets kicked open and this fucking nightmare corp just, Mommy, my love, I've come for you. Oh my God. (laughs) It goes from zero to a hundred so fast. It's true. I mean, when you take a step back and you really think about it, there is a lot of comedy in that situation. And quite frank, oh my God. Yeah, no, this this was an experience that you've brought me today. <laughs> was it was it spooky? Are you sufficiently scared? I would argue I'm more confused than scared, but Yeah, yeah, that Shinji Ito will do that to you too. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, uh, overall, I I did I enjoyed the experience. I will I will really? give it that. Yeah, because, again, like, it was an intriguing story. It did keep you guessing. You didn't know exactly where it was going. And then it got dumb, so... (laughs) (laughs) And then we got Dr. Kuroda. (laughs) The world's worst doctor. So, yeah, uh, thank you for bringing this onto the show today. This was actually a very novel experience. (laughs) It was my pleasure, sir, despite the attempted... Despite the attempt on my life that you gave to me, I am happy to come and contribute my love of horror, my love of manga, and my love of Junji Ito to this show. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the insane experience, at, despite was, the mind-numbing absolute, rage. It was an absolute delight. Thank you so much. <laughs> Anytime. And who knows? We might do a reverse This Is Getting Graphic uh, more in the future. We'll see how it goes. It, we may possibly, yes. I've got Although, more. I bet you do. I bet you do. Um, but but for now, uh, thank you all so much for uh, for listening to today's uh, today's reverse. This is getting graphic. We really appreciate the support that you all have shown the show uh, for downloading and for uh, listening week after week. It's it's always uh, very gratifying. 
So, um, thank you for, uh, for listening to the show. If you would like to, uh, get in touch with us directly, you can email us at thisisgettinggraphic at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can always, um, uh, like, download, comment, subscribe to the show, share the show with others, let them know how much you enjoy it. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do. And if social media is more your thing, you can always find us over on TikTok at This Is Getting Graphic, where we love to post best of clips from the show. You can also find us over on Facebook at This Is Getting Graphic, as well as over on Twitter slash X slash whatever Elon's calling it this week at uh, This Graphic Pod. Indeed. Uh, we also would like to thank Alex Hanbury, who is responsible for the art and logo for this podcast, and uh, is a great friend of the show. You can find her work over on Twitter slash X at Alex E. Hanbury. And we would be chagrined if we didn't mention the amazing Mozart Mouse who has composed the opening and closing theme of our show, the Super Guy theme. You can find Mozart Mouse and other great artists over on Pond5, which is a great website for royalty-free music if you yourself happen to be working on a creative project of your own. And with that, we are going to say goodbye for this week and hope to God that nobody turns to dust after being a gray alien Palpatine for a hot minute. Yes, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, sleep tight and pleasant dreams.